We are so glad you decided to join us today for our Compelled podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you. We would love for you to message us on social media and connect through our website at compelled316.com. Now let's get started. Bob Morrison is here to get us thinking about what it means to live a compelled life. Hey, what's up, guys? Can we talk about racing a little bit today? I mean, it's Sunday, Martinsville Speedway, NASCAR, 3 p.m. today, right? I know, a lot of NASCAR races are kind of, eh, yawners. But when you get these smaller tracks like Martinsville, it gets a little crazy. A lot of rock'em, sock'em robots. And so I was reading about Martinsville, and it turns out there's been a lot of rivalry and a lot of headbanging going on at that place for quite a while. Back in 2015, I think it was, um, Matt Kenseth had been treated badly over at Kansas Speedway by Joey Logano. So for several races, Matt Kenseth just lets it brew. He's mad. He's trying to figure out a way to get it solved. It's not working. So it finally comes to a head in 2015. And uh, it's pretty crazy how it all goes down. It was uh, Logano is out in front of Kenseth. Neither one of them are leading the race. And all of a sudden, Kenseth decides, yep, I've had enough. Pushes into the back end and crashes Logano into the wall and literally pins him to the wall. Puts them both out of the race. So there was a lot to talk about with this because what happened when Kenseth was at Kansas, he was in a position, if he had just um, won that race, he would have been eligible to go on and race out the championship at the end of the season. But because Logano crashed him, basically his season was over. So he was uh, more than just a little bit of hurt feelings. Now this um, deliberate wrecking of Logano, it drew something kind of crazy for a penalty. They gave him a two-race suspension. That was what NASCAR decided. And I was reading the article. It said Kenseth was quoted on Friday. says he would have handled the payback differently had he known he would have drawn such an unprecedented penalty. Dude. It's like saying, I wouldn't have stole if I knew you were going to arrest me. Kenseth later said, I would do it again. I really stand by my actions, he said. I feel like there's a breaking point. It wasn't just about being mad. It was about getting this fixed. It was time to make it stop. So you you can kind of tell Matt's bent. Then he goes on to say, at some point, in my opinion, you have to retaliate. End of the quote. Now, Kenseth was somebody who probably had just as much of a temper as Logano did. And you kind of get these two personalities banging it out against each other. Uh, I noticed another article that said, uh, Kenseth went on to say, there's a right and a wrong way to do things. And most grown-ups would have tried to handle it better. And if I stopped right there with the quote, I was like, oh, okay, he's owning it. He's realizing, yeah, I didn't behave like a grown-up. But then you realize he was talking about how Logano handled it, about how Logano behaved, not about himself. <laughs> it's crazy. He wasn't even willing to look in the mirror and say, maybe I handled it badly. Martinsville's not a racetrack of kindness or even fairness at times. Another driver, Danica Patrick, back in 2015, she was fined 50 grand, $50,000, and she lost 25 driver points after she intentionally wrecked David Gilliland. Uh, 
And that was during the Martinsville race. So Patrick was quoted as saying this, you'll, you'll love this. She meant to exact revenge against Gilliland after contact with him earlier in the race sent her car into the wall. Now her quote is, he unnecessarily, I thought, took me out at the beginning of the race, so I was just repaying him the favor, end quote. There's this craziness that exists, not only in racing, but in society that we kind of get it in our mind that we have to get revenge, get even, make people pay. I don't get it. I mean, yeah, we've all been wronged, right? I know there's there's tons of examples of this. Everybody that I've ever met or talked to can give me an example of some time in their life that they were treated unfairly or wronged. It's that injustice thing, you know? It feels real unfair. But how we respond to it is everything. Fast forward to 2018, Daytona 500. One of the guys that I kind of watch to see how he behaves in public is Eric Almaroa because he seems to be trying to reflect the fact that he's a Christian. So we're on the last lap of the Daytona 500 in 2018. Eric Almaroa is obviously going to win the Daytona 500. He's coming around for the last lap for the checkered flag. And all of a sudden, a guy named Austin Dillon comes up behind him, puts his bumper, rear, his front bumper into the rear of Eric Almarola, spins him out and crashes Almarola. And Austin Dillon goes on to win the 500. The place went crazy, but not for the reasons I thought. All of a sudden, everyone's like, wow, he's an awesome driver. He's so talented. He's amazing. He did it. He's won the Daytona 500. You're going down in history. But nobody said, hey, wait a minute. What does the NASCAR rule book say? Well, it says that no driver shall cause another driver to crash or wreck while advancing your own position. To do so would result in a penalty. But for some reason, NASCAR officials put blinders on and said, well, yeah, it's just racing. It's not really just racing if you have to run into the guy in front of you and crash him so that you can advance your position and take the checkered flag. Now, Austin Dillon was quoted as saying, I did what I had to do at the end. This news article goes on to say, well, it's easy to argue that Dillon drove through Almarola on the way to Victory Lane and be upset with what he did. But what else would a guy racing for the win in the Daytona 500 do? Let off the gas and settle for second with a question mark? Yeah. I mean, basically, we're saying you're at the point where you're going to win the Daytona 500, but all you have to do is cheat. All you have to do is crash someone and you get to win. And there are people in this world, obviously, who say, well, that's okay. He got the win. doesn't matter how he got the win. Integrity just goes out the window. And I thought one of the best interviews about the entire problem that took place there at the Daytona 500, that whole situation, was with Eric Almarola. He showed true class as a human being and as a Christian. He never spoke about revenge or payback or any of that. And I thought that at any point he would have probably been 
justified to say some crazy bad things, to be angry, to be hurt. But this is what he says. I'm heartbroken. I thought I was going to win the Daytona 500. He took a breath and a pause. And then he says, but you know what? Next week we get a chance to race again and win that one. I mean, I think that he speaks in a way that makes sense for those of us that are trying to live our lives a little better, a little more in the right path. I love racing. I love competition. I love the idea that we all are spectators in this sport, but we still have somebody we root for and we have our favorite guys and we have our villains and all of that. But if you remove yourself from all of that, not not because you're a fan of a certain driver or you don't like a certain driver, but just in humanity, if you step back and say, uh, man, is that the right thing to do? Is it the right thing to do to break the rules or to cheat to get the win? But then NASCAR, the only real true enforcers of the rules, says, ah, it's just racing. And I can't quite understand that. Is it like, have we become that way as a society where we just go, well, yeah, it's just he wasn't having a good day, so he did something wrong, but we're just going to look the other way. And we've begun to do that in every aspect of life. We have lots and lots of people out there doing wrongs to other people, and they don't care. They just say, well, I'm entitled to that. It's okay if I do that. It's like saying, um, it's okay if I just steal a little. Or it's, it's okay if I only beat someone up a little bit. But it evolves as a society until we say, what's okay if I just murder a little bit? Or it's okay if I just rape a little bit. We, we start keeping the scoreboard and we compare ourselves to the other people around us. And we literally go, well, I'm not as bad as him or I'm not as bad as her, so therefore I'm okay. But that's not life. That's not really why we're on this earth. That's not what God made us for. Someone has to be the voice of integrity, the voice of truth and reality and say, you know what? I shouldn't want to win at any cost. I should only want to win as bad as anybody else. And if it works out that I win, awesome. But if I have to finish second, well, you know what? There's always next week. We'll take another stab at it. I begin to watch this a lot in this. I don't know what the right word is. And I got to be careful because, you know, you make people mad and then you got a whole another hornet's nest on your hands. But basically, this whole thing with Bubba Wallace, Bubba Wallace, another driver for NASCAR, treats everybody like crap. He crashes people, punches other drivers, and he gets away with it. And I don't understand why we allow that to happen. I don't care what color Bubba is. It says that uh, he's saying that because he's African-American, that he's being treated unfairly or being treated differently. But I don't think that's who we are as a society. Are there bad people out there that that definitely are racist? Yeah. Are there people out there, regardless of their color, are racist? Absolutely. But what I think that you and me, when we say we're going to go this journey of life and we're going to interact with other people, the only thing that really matters is do we treat them the way Jesus asked us to treat them? Are we kind? 
Do we show integrity? Do we take responsibility for our own actions? And it's weird because in NASCAR, it just seems like everybody goes willy-nilly. And because it's on national TV, it's like it sets a standard. Everybody at home says, oh, okay, well, they just drive into people on the race. So I'm just going to drive like a fool and cut people off and tailgate and all the things that come with road rage because that's the example that's been put into our head by what we watch. Now, there's a time when you have to be the voice that nobody likes to hear or you have to be the example that nobody else wants to see, the proverbial turd in the punch bowl. You're the one that says, you know what? I'm going to do the right thing. And everybody starts moaning, going, no, don't do the right thing. Be like the rest of us. It happened even in the Bible with Jesus. Jesus was, at times, the turd in the punch bowl because he would say things that people really didn't want to hear. And I was thinking in the sixth chapter of John, there's a place in there where basically he's calling people out, going, hey, dude, the only reason you're following me around is because you think you're going to get a free meal. You don't really care the fact that I'm going to be your savior. You don't care that I'm the son of God. You just care that I'm feeding you, that your belly's full. They just want that little piece of Jesus. And so when he calls them out on it, I think it goes on to say later in that chapter, he basically tells them, you know what, if you if you want to follow me, this is the situation. You're going to have to, to uh, follow me for the right reasons. And it said that there were many who just chose to walk away. They're like, nah, no, I don't want to do that. I want to be like the crowd. I don't want to be the guy that owns his own actions. I don't want to be responsible for my actions. I don't want to be called out for how I'm behaving or the reasons that I'm following Jesus. And so some were offended and they walked away. And I think that's going to happen with you and me. There's going to be days when we're going through it and we're just trying our best to represent Jesus. And someone's going to go, you know what? I'm offended by that. They're going to say, I want you to keep Jesus to yourself. I don't want to know about your great smile and shiny light and happy joy, joy. And that's okay. They don't have to like it, but I don't have to change for them either. I want you and I to have a good week and be able to reflect Jesus in what we do. And I just pray for maybe the next couple of days we just reflect on it a little bit and think about it. Do I really want to drive through somebody to get the checkered flag Or am I willing to come in second? Hey, this is Bob Morrison. I'll see you somewhere out there. We are truly thankful you chose to spend some time with us here at Compelled. If you enjoyed today's message, we encourage you to like it, share it on social media, and check out our website, compelled316.com. God bless you, and we hope you have an amazing day. We'll see you somewhere out there.